right, welcome back to, I guess, the second episode of the resurgence of this podcast. Uh, and, you know, as I mentioned last time, for, for those who tuned in, if you're tuning in for the first time this week, the goal here is to provide a little bit of a longer form discussion surrounding some of the topics that I bring up in my weekly newsletter. So my newsletter goes out every Monday. It's called Monday Velocity. Uh, you can scri- subscribe to that newsletter right from my website. I'll put all the links in the description of this show. Uh, but this particular issue of the newsletter talked about decision-making frameworks. And I'm a big fan of frameworks when it comes to being more effective with our time, kind of getting rid of uh, that analysis paralysis that can happen when we're confronted with tough decisions or tough situations. If you define frameworks for yourself or create systems for making decisions or doing certain tasks or whatever it may be, it makes it much easier to fall back on your systems when, you know, inevitably shit hits the fan or emotions run high or you find yourself in a difficult situation. So uh, one of my favorite quotes from James Clear, who is the author of Atomic Habits, he also puts out a really good newsletter. uh, And and that is one of my most gifted books, uh, Atomic Habits. I give it to a lot of people who I care about because I think the habit framework that he describes is incredibly helpful for a lot of people to give context to their goals and actually how to make progress. But anyways, in in that book, he, he says that we don't rise to the level of our goals, but we fall to the level of our systems. Meaning, you know, just because you have a lofty goal, that doesn't that won't encourage you or inspire you to get there. What will allow you to accomplish that goal, what will allow you to make progress is the systems that you create for yourself, the the kind of unbreakable rules that you establish in your life. And so when it comes to making decisions, I think it's important to look at people who have to make really hard decisions in very high pressure situations. And so in this particular newsletter, I highlighted Jeff Bezos, who is the former CEO of Amazon. He's still the chairman of the board uh, and former President Barack Obama. Now, I'm I, I'm no by no means making a political statement with with this podcast, but I think we can all agree that whoever holds the office of the president in the United States has to make a number of incredibly difficult decisions uh, on a fairly regular basis. And uh, the thing that I liked about Obama's decision-making framework when he was asked about it is most of the time that he had to make a decision, he had limited information. So so he, he basically had, if you're looking at 100% of available information, most of his decisions were made when he had just over 50%, right? When he had 51% or 60% of the available information, a lot of times he had to make a judgment call. And, you know, in those type of high pressure situations, you have to have systems to fall back on. And now, while most of us may not be in the same uh, position as the CEO of one of the largest companies in the world or, you know, running the largest global superpower in the world, I think that these frameworks can give us some tools that we can use when we inevitably encounter difficult situations in our life, uh, when you're trying to choose between two paths and there's no clear way to define which path is better, right? So this happens, just think about professionally. If you are uh, able to choose between two jobs, let's say you've done a number of interviews and you're trying to pick uh, which job to accept, which role to accept. If you are younger, maybe you're in college, you're trying to choose which major that you should study, right? What, what should you get your degree in? When you're just out of college trying to determine how to start your career, you know, where should you go? All of these little things have outsized 
effects on our life, right? These are, these are incredibly important decisions in the context of our own life. And I think it's important to think of these things relatively, right? Just because, you know, the president of the United States is making these massive decisions that have large uh, effects and ripple effects on multiple countries and multiple citizens in the world, we have decisions that are equally important in the context of our own lives, right? So they affect us in the same way that those decisions may affect multiple people. And so, you know, difficult decision is a relative term. And I think relativity here is important. But what we can learn from these people, uh, people who make decisions on a regular basis in high pressure environments is that there are certain rules and systems that they fall back on in all of these situations. And so one of the things that, that Jeff Bezos talks about as an executive, he says, hey, what is our role as a senior executive at a company, right? If you happen to be a senior executive at a company, what are you actually getting paid to do? And he said, you get paid to make a small number of high quality decisions, right? You don't get paid to, to do the menial tasks. You don't get paid to do data entry, you know. Those are the, the the job requirements of lower roles, of more junior roles. As you work your way up the ladder, you are doing less busy work, so to speak, or less task-related work, and you are making more decisions, right? As you become a manager, you are doing less personal work, but you are managing other people. You are empowering your team to make better decisions. As you become a senior executive, you are making decisions that affect the future direction of the company, especially as CEO, and you get paid to make those decisions as high quality as possible. And so he put it into context to kind of give a number on it. He said, you know, if I can make three good decisions in a day, that's enough. And those decisions should be as high quality as possible. So as far as making these decisions, he created a system for himself where he is trying to limit the number of decisions that he has to make in a day, right? He is delegating things that aren't important to other people to decide, right? Like, okay, in this, in this advertisement, what color should this background be? Those are things that should never reach his desk. And in our life, I think it's important to understand that we can delegate decision-making in certain things to other people, right? If, if there are things that don't really affect the end result for you, uh, then you don't necessarily need to be involved in making decisions. Some people, I think, like to have their hand in too many pots or be involved in too many things. You know, at work, there's always that person that wants to be in every meeting or be involved in every discussion. But I think it's important for us to take more off of our plate so that the decisions that we do make are better quality, right? I, I want you to look at your typical day, your typical week, and I want you to look at how many moments that you have to choose, actively choose something, right? Uh, Mark Zuckerberg had a thing about or and and Steve Jobs there's this thing with a lot of these tech uh executives where they essentially minimize their wardrobe right they're kind of wearing the same thing every day and the purpose of that is to reduce one of the the decisions that you have to make right and when it comes to health and wellness i see this a lot with food right when we have to make nutrition decisions on a regular basis, that's when people make mistakes. When you don't have meals prepared or you aren't ordering high quality meals and you're just kind of at the beck and call of wherever, you know, your office is getting lunch. That's where I see people make mistakes because you are adding a decision to your plate that really shouldn't be made. If you can make that decision before, especially when you're in a good headspace and you're, you know, feeling good about you know, making healthy decisions for the week, then you set yourself up for success because you've taken one decision off of your plate for the day. 
So nutrition is definitely a context where I see that negatively affecting people a lot, right? Where they are making too many decisions in a given day and it leads them to kind of straying off the beaten path and, and, and doing things that they really shouldn't be doing to make forward progress. So that's one example, but there are countless examples of ways that we can better organize our lives to make fewer decisions in a given day. And so I want you to just reflect, you know, journal a little bit, think about it. Are there ways that you can reduce the decisions that you need to make, particularly when it comes to things where you often feel like you make the wrong decision, right? So let's say you always convince yourself that you're going to work out after work, but by the time the end of the workday comes around, you're exhausted, your job is stressful, and you just want to go home and relax. As difficult as it may be to set an earlier alarm, if you shift and get your workout done in the morning before work, then that's one of those decisions that you don't need to make later in the day. You don't need to exert any willpower in order to do the right thing because you've already set yourself up for success. And this is what James Clear talks about in Atomic Habits when it comes to systems is try to put the good habits or the good activities that you want to do more frequently, make those easier to accomplish throughout your day. Because if you make them harder to accomplish, then you're way less likely to do them. And we all have a limited amount of willpower in any given day. There's only so much fighting the good fight that you can do before you become mentally exhausted. So keep in mind that if you can make those decisions easier or get rid of them on a day-to-day basis, it will make you more successful at whatever you're trying to accomplish. So that framework from Bezos of reducing the number of decisions we can make, I think is something that will benefit all of us regardless of what position you're in. And when it comes to Obama's decision-making framework, you know, we, he talked about essentially a three-step process that he would always rely on when he had to make a major decision. And as I mentioned before, oftentimes these decisions were made with limited information because there's no way to know all of the facts in a lot of these dynamic environments. And I think that there are a lot of times in our life where we postpone making a decision or we push off making a decision because we want to be sure or we want to get all of our facts. And a lot of times that's just an excuse to not take action. And one thing that I've learned from speaking with a lot of highly successful people is they are all action oriented. They have a bias towards doing instead of prepping, thinking, preparing, planning. They are always trying to take a step forward. And oftentimes that step is in the wrong direction. But the good thing is most mistakes can be corrected later. There are very few situations where if you make a decision, there's no coming back from it. Now, there are certainly those situations and and you can take a little bit more time to think about those. But I think that we create this narrative in our mind that there's no turning back in any decision that we make. And that's just not true. That's just not the case. And so the first step of Obama's decision-making framework is you know, he looked at things in terms of probabilities instead of certainties. So you're not going to be certain. You're not going to know all the facts. There's no way to know for sure what the end result is going to be. And so what he did was he swapped certainties for probabilities. Think about what the likelihood of certain outcomes is, and then weigh that likelihood against what you can tolerate or what you would like to happen in the future, right? So let's say you're choosing between two jobs and, you know, what do you know? And what do you think is likely? So let's say one job is 
a little bit more responsibility. It's a younger company. Maybe it's going to lead to better opportunities in the future. You can weigh out the probability of those things happening versus maybe the certainty of a job at a bigger company, right? So weighing those risks and saying, okay, how likely is it that I will be able to follow this path and accomplish these things at company A versus company B and understand that you're never going to know for sure, but you can probably give yourself a pretty good idea of what may happen. And then you just need to ask yourself what you can tolerate as far as results, right? Am I okay with a little bit of risk here? If the upside is high, am I, do I want to play it safer? Where am I at in my life? Can I tolerate these probabilities? So look at things in terms of that and not certainty, right? Now from there, the second piece of Obama's framework is he recommends getting the smartest people in the room. And one other thing that I've learned from talking to successful people is that they try to surround themselves with people who are smarter than they are, right? They try to bring people into their inner circle who are more intelligent than they are. And I think that this is a really important theme for us in general is try to surround yourself with people who are high achievers who are accomplishing the type of things that you want to accomplish. You know, Jim Rohn is, this is a famous old quote of his, but you know, you're the product of the five people that you spend the most time with. And I think a lot of times we are stifling our progress by putting ourselves in circles of low achieving people. And there's nothing wrong with having friends who, you know, don't have high aspirations or whatever. But when you're trying to put yourself in a situation to make a good decision, or you're in a high pressure situation, and you need to fall back on your systems, make sure you have a personal board of advisors you can turn to mentors or people in different areas. And the the issue with this is a lot of people think that they need one super successful mentor who is going to be the person that they ask all these questions. But especially now with the internet giving us access to so many people, you can have a personal board of advisors. You can have people who are accomplished in different areas and can give you advice on certain things. And you can also be that person for a specific area in somebody else's life, right? We're all good at certain things and we're all very good at a unique combination of things. So even if you're not personally the best at one task, you may be the best at a combination of tasks or a combination of fields. And so start to find these communities of people you can rely on, close friends, confidants, acquaintances, people who can provide guidance in certain areas. And if you build out this personal board of advisors, then when you have to make an important decision that is in a field of expertise that they're comfortable with or familiar with, you can turn to them and ask for advice or ask questions, you know, clarifying questions on the situation so that you can make a better decision, right? This goes back to that first point of probabilities versus certainties. You can give yourself more information than you would otherwise have access to if you can create this circle of people that you can rely on or trust to help you make good decisions, right? So get smart people in the room, try to surround yourself with smart people. And in the modern age with the internet, that is very doable if you provide value to other people, right? If you're, you know, putting content out, writing, trying to share your thoughts, share your visions, I think it's it's a great way to attract like-minded people and people who want to accomplish similar things. And, you know, find your tribe, wherever that is, you know, whether it's, you know, people who subscribe to this newsletter and this community that we're building, whether it's other communities, other people, just find a, a group that you can rely on to help you make better decisions. And lastly, and, and this is a point that I really like because it's something that I think a lot of people shy away from is, uh, you know, the last, the third part of Obama's decision-making framework is he says to always ask the dumb questions, right? 
how many times have you avoided asking a question because you are worried about how that question will be perceived or how it will make you be perceived as an individual, right? A lot of times we just kind of nod our head and smile. And when somebody says, oh, does that make sense? We say, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. And then when you go to do the thing or, or accomplish the task or make the decision, you have no idea what you're doing because one small piece of critical information is missing that you very easily could have clarified if you just asked at the time, right? And so, you know, getting rid of our ego and being willing to be a beginner, being willing to not know everything is a sign of future success because success doesn't boil down to having the right answers or having better answers. It boils down to having or asking rather better questions, right? The most successful people are those who ask better questions. And so asking dumb questions to get clarifying information is not a dumb question at all. What is a dumb question is the one that isn't asked. The the question that goes unasked that leads to making mistakes or leads to us making a decision with less information than we otherwise could have. So don't ever be afraid to, you know, ask the dumb questions or ask for more information because taking that step is actually a great way to earn respect for yourself, right? People tend to respect those who ask questions when they don't know the answer or ask things that they don't know, who are willing to admit that they don't know everything, right? Because those are the people who are ultimately going to be successful. Those who can admit that they don't have all the answers, that they need to rely on others, that they need to ask for more information. So let's, to recap all of these decision-making frameworks. I think what we can learn from Jeff Bezos and Barack Obama is we can learn that you want to minimize the number of decisions you have to make in a day. You know, if there are ways that you can make those decisions ahead of time or set yourself up for success, reducing that friction, allowing you to concentrate more brain power on the important questions and important decisions that you have to make, then that is a great way to improve your likelihood of success. And then from there, when you are faced with one of those decisions or or faced with something that you have to ultimately uh, figure out how to do or proceed forward with, look at probabilities, not certainties. So understand that you're never going to have all the information, but you have to weigh and balance the likelihood of certain outcomes and try to make your decisions based on that, right? From there, get smart people in the room. Try to surround yourself with intelligent people who can help you out and provide guidance, right? Build your personal board of advisors so that you have people that you can rely on and bounce ideas off of when you're trying to make those hard decisions. And then lastly, don't be afraid to ask the dumb questions. You know, I can't reiterate this enough. The most successful people are the ones who ask the best questions, right? So don't be afraid to speak up, admit what you don't know, get that clarifying information, because that is going to allow you to make a better decision in the end. And that that requires us to kind of turn off our ego and and be okay with not knowing everything or admitting that we don't know everything. But ultimately doing that is going to allow you to experience a higher rate of success in the future. So with everything, I think having systems and processes and frameworks allows us to be more successful when we're in those moments that are challenging, stressful, and emotional. And decision-making frameworks are definitely one of those things that will help you when you're in an emotionally charged situation or you have to make a hard call, a tough call, a tough decision. And, you know, in future episodes, we'll be talking a little bit about frameworks and systems for kind of goal setting and accomplishing goals and and day-to-day progress and day-to-day progressions and, and prioritizing things. And so I'll definitely do a deeper dive into my systems and processes that I use on a daily basis. Um, but 
I think these decision-making frameworks uh, have helped me a lot. And so hopefully this will help you the next time that you're faced with an emotional decision or tough decision. So if you want to subscribe to the newsletter and kind of read more about this stuff before it pops up on the podcast, you can do that uh, on my website at trainedright.com. That is T-R-A-I-N-E-D, my last name, W-R-I-G-H-T.com, trainedright.com. I also have my goal-setting templates up there. There's all kinds of other stuff. There's some free guides up there. So check all that stuff out. I'm always available on Twitter and Instagram at trainedright. And until next week, I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week.